0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. I'm super excited about this series that we're doing in collaboration with CLASS. To recognize the top achievers in healthcare technology, Uh, CLASS put together a list of top 20 emergency tech awards that they showcased at Health. We were excited to meet many of the companies and really just wanted to collaborate in sharing the success and value that all of these companies are creating in the healthcare ecosystem. Join me in the series of interviews where we recognize the top 20 emergency tech awards. Hope you enjoy learning about them because you could both learn what to do for your business, but also as a provider and a payer, learn how to scale solutions within your organization. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Adil Malik. He's the CEO and co-founder of ClearStep, an AI care navigation company that has partnered with some of the leading healthcare institutions in the US, such as CVS, HCA, Tufts Medicine, and many others. He was featured in Built in Chicago's 50 Startups to Watch in 2020 and was an inaugural member of the United Health Accelerator. He's also been named as one of Chicago's 20 in their 20s by Cranes in 2020. So with that, I want to welcome him to the podcast. Adil, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. You guys, we are having a little catch-up session about Thanksgiving and how we do our best to be with families. It's hectic, but you know what? It's all worth it in the end. And Adil, an incredible person and a family man. Uh, Deal. I'm glad you're with us. Help us understand what got you into healthcare.
1: Yeah, I think it's always been a decent influence on my life. My dad is an emergency medicine physician. I, for a long time, was planning on a career in academic medicine. I feel like a lot of people on the admin side of healthcare were once thinking they, they might become a doctor. Yeah. I was very passionate motivated by the research side of medicine throughout college and for a little bit thereafter. I, I think more generally, impact-driven work is really what motivates me, you know, j- just using the resources that we're so fortunate to have, I think really any, anyone growing up in, in America to make a difference and to to try to move the needle positively in industries that really need it and where there's a real consumer, in this case, patient kind of demand or need. I think that broadly and generally, like so many in healthcare is what motivates me, but uh, maybe a little bit more specifically, too, is that I, I kind of stumbled into becoming an entrepreneur. I had no plans to become an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a researcher and maybe an in industry side. Industry was like an accident that kind of happened and going into consulting as kind of a, yeah, initially as a brief interlude uh, of a research career was the plan, but entrepreneurship came out of that. And the last, I was just going to mention that so And sometimes the way I think about ClearStep and the work that we're doing is, I've been very fortunate to have an awesome healthcare experience, largely because my dad is a physician and, and an emergency medicine physician very broad, so can take care and work, be our family's primary care provider. When I need something, I can text my dad and oh, write a script and send it to the pharmacy and th- this kind of thing. And I think it. that's our opportunity with ClearStep. How do, how do we make everyone feel like they have that level of a healthcare partner in, in their life with, AI and better connectedness, better access. So, anyway, it's a bit long-winded, but no, nah,
0: it's good, man. It's good to but, yeah. it, it's good to know that. And uh, you went the research, started with the medical, maybe research, then got into consulting, and then here you are with right. ClearStep. So, tell us about ClearStep. What are you
1: guys doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem? ClearStep is like you kind of high-level described care navigation AI. Really, the way we think about ourselves. It, is we provide technology primarily to health systems, hospital-based health systems, IDNs, for them to be able to provide accurate, robust AI assistance, healthcare assistance to their patients, to the healthcare consumers. And there, there are several different main use cases, but the main one, the, the core clear step kind of AI assistant use case is helping people find and access the right care. Hmm. When they're feeling symptomatic, when they know they just need to go to a cardiologist or whatever it might be, they can start with us, have uh, a quick two to three minute AI interaction where You know, our system is going to be drilling in to understand what's really going on. What kind of care does the person really need? Is this acute or not? If it's not acute, does it warrant specialty level care? Or can it be handled at primary care or virtually or asynchronously? So we're really trying to get down to what care does the person most optimally need for what their clinical presentation is. But then beyond that, what's in network? What's nearby? What can they book what can they schedule online? If they can do it virtually, can they launch it right now with, with a primary care virtualist? So that's the core use case It's it, from a consumer. And that's I, I just spoke mostly from the consumer lens. And we can yeah. get into kind of the business side problems that, that we're solving. But I think from the consumer lens, we can all appreciate as healthcare consumers that it can be very difficult to know what to do, where to go, what's in network, what you can book online, what's really the best thing for you to do for your healthcare when you know you need it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and mainly what we focused on is consumer care navigation, right? We all struggle with it. I was in, in med device for 16 years and being considering myself an insider, you still have to figure things out. Totally. Very cool. And so you guys are using AI as part of the platform. Let's dig into some of the business side of things. Like what are you guys doing on the business side to, to help some of these providers, maybe the payers, yeah. With CVS and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. So we're a to c company. We even though consumers are the end users and ClearStep is always free to, to the end patient, okay. to end user, they just access it usually from within the digital experiences, the apps, etc. of our customers. And while we do have some variety, I guess, of customer types with retail and, and virtual, payer our core focus has been health systems and that that's evolved we didn't necessarily start that way we didn't start so single-mindedly focused although it was always a clear application of the technology there are good still payer side applications but we've we frankly gotten a lot of traction on the health system side and the reason is to answer your question nearly all health systems are, are really struggling with access and trying to figure out how best to enable more access to their healthcare resources. And the the basic way I frame it up when I talk to health system leaders is almost every health system across the country is like full or running at capacity where there are at minimum weeks usually, if not months of lead time to get an appointment, particularly for specialty care. Yet those health systems know that 30, 40% of the care that actually is being delivered in person in their medical groups or by their medical groups is inefficient or doesn't need to necessarily be with that provider. Like a lot of those visits can be happening virtually or not at all, or they're just with the wrong person. I mean, the number of stories I hear about an orthopedic knee surgeon getting a shoulder patient on their Mm counter. And then uh-huh. it just being a wasted visit and basically saying, nope, you got to go to this person and, instead. And so there's examples that make you quite like, how could that happen? That's so simple, right? Knee versus shoulder, like pretty right. obvious. Right. But right. that kind of stuff happens all the time. And that's the simple stuff. There's more nuanced, complicated stuff that happens in inefficiency. So if you're a health system leader and you have this like basically fixed supply of providers of healthcare resources and you know that. 30, 40% of that fixed supply is not being utilized appropriately or efficiently, and you're backed up for like months, that's a big problem, right? So you have a routing and access problem. Our view is deploy technology to better match patients that are coming into to really the right resource within your ecosystem so that you can, let's say, take all those unnecessary in-person visits, shift them to virtual, um, which is the trend anyways, and then create more capacity without having to hire more doctors, create more capacity so that your complex patients with multiple comorbidities, um, et cetera, who really need procedural or diagnostic-based care are prioritized for in-person care. So it's been quite interesting to really... go on the journey and, and and learn a lot of this with our early health system partners and continuously with our existing partners. You know, we've about 15 health systems across the country that we're working with. And this is the core problem we're trying to solve. How do we create better access by really making sure the right people are going to the right place? And frankly, it's, it's I mean, it plays both a fee-for-service and value-based narrative. Like mm-hmm. from a fee-for-service perspective, those low-acuity visits that are coming in that don't really need to be there, you don't get to bill very much for those. Right. And when you get, The complex patient that needs more care, you built six to eight times as as much and that patient needs it. And the payer wants that patient to get prioritized for care to avoid any downstream, you know, greater complication. So it's actually a win-win and it works in a value-based scenario too. But at the end of the day, a health system is positioned to get more revenue, to make more money if they prioritize patients better. Totally, man.
0: Yeah. And right now, more than ever, with uh, recent announcements like Prime offering digital yeah. care, right. health systems have to do their best to digitize right. the experience and to offer us all that service we're looking for. It's disruptive. And I think it's great to to have partners like your company, CareStep, to offer people out of the box solutions, right? Because health system's not going to build it from scratch.
1: Exactly. There's a huge opportunity, I think, if you are, if you can get your footing, which is hard with particularly with health systems, there are major problems to be solved. And to your point, they're not tech companies. They're not consumer companies. They're traditionally most IDNs are were built by being great hospitals okay. and great hospital systems and networks of hospital. even the outpatient ambulatory side as part of an IDN is not exactly a new concept but still there are a lot of hospital-based health systems that are early in their journey of even building out medical groups and, and things like that so you're right i think these more legacy providers need really good technology partners to come in and help them solve problems but predicting these in today's environment it can be hard to get that initial footing and, and get in the door and start growing well but but yeah hu- huge opportunity to work with health systems, I, I think. And, and actually, one one thing I'll quickly say is the yeah. advantage that I think health systems have over something like Prime is that Prime is good for if you have Prime and you use one medical for the kind of urgent telemedicine use cases. And I know they're pushing harder to go beyond that with virtual primary care. There's a lot of big initiatives of virtual primary care across the country. But the reality is to truly have good continuity of care that's robust um, and really scalable. You need all specialty types. You need... Oh, yeah radiology and imaging and labs and you need diagnostic centers and so the health systems if they can deploy the 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 consumer technology first strategy well they have a leg up from some totally. of these other providers yeah much more integrated
0: care that's more has more options so yeah totally agree with you man and i guess really the point is man now's the time right and you have a, a solution here so folks. You've thought about this. You guys are all trying to figure out a way to to tackle this problem. I love having interviews with entrepreneurs like Adil because they've got great options for us to consider as we look to innovate. And as an entrepreneur, Adil, one of my favorite things to to chat about too is challenges. So as you've gone into the business, what has been one of your biggest setbacks? And uh, what was the key learning that, that came from that?
1: Yeah, it's hard to think of one. There are... There's constant setbacks. There's weekly, daily, monthly setbacks, but it's kind of part of the game, part of the nature of the game. But I think the tough recent one is having to build and continue growing a company in an economic downturn. It's hard to do that. And I think the people say the good thing about that is the the companies that survive and thrive in those environments, are ones that build truly sustainable companies because they're solving very, very real problems and delivering very real value propositions. If I look back at at the company, we really, our main go-to-market after we had been in the United Healthcare Accelerator, we were building up the technology and kind of figuring out the sales and marketing approach through like 2019. We started the company late 2018. So. 2020, early 2020 is when we were like, great. We were going out to raise money. We were going, put, trying to push, really execute on, on sales. And then COVID happened. And for a solution like us, COVID was actually great. We're helping navigate care and helping people figure out when they should go in versus when they shouldn't go totally. in and when they use virtual versus not, et cetera. So we took off in 2020 That's and awesome. then continued growing at a similar rate in 2021. So had two like fantastic years of growth and then Q1 2022 built up this great pipeline. We thought 22 was going to be similar kind of trajectory and and growth. And then Q1 is when basically all the health systems are like the supply chain stuff, the COVID funding fell through and like half of all health systems are now more in the red like that. Overnight. it was coming. It was coming. You could see it if you were watching closely, but it came in that 2022 was hard. It was hard to like keep things moving and really figure out the right position, especially since 2020 2021. Some of the deals that we had out were very COVID specific. And yeah. so we were trying to transition those to more general navigation use cases mm-hmm. as well, which we did actually successfully think nice. every single COVID kudos. deal that we had. We, we turned into a broader kind of care navigation solution. But that was really hard. And uh, I think 2023 has been, frankly, similar to the first two years. We've actually grown really well this awesome. year at a bunch of new houses. So to me, if you have the wherewithal to get through those, and we're not out of the tricky financial circumstances, oh, no. right? But to, to us, the fact that we it's have normal. grown as well as we have this year in the face of those sustained challenges tells me that we're really moving in the right direction. We're we're pointed in the right direction. The solution is one that even when health system CFOs are making really tough choices, they're prioritizing things that can create better access and capacity and things that can help patient throughput, frankly, because these hit the the top line and the bottom dog, both, um, both in significant ways. So I think To briefly, to summarize my my answer, I think the biggest challenge is growing the company through an economic downturn, but the the plus side of that has been refining and really making sure that we are working on and delivering the right products to the market and that this wasn't just like a COVID fad of this kind of technology. Because now we don't sell COVID. I mean, we haven't sold a COVID-only deal for 18 months, two years, probably, something like that. So, yeah. Uh, that's great. You
0: know, no, yeah. I appreciate that. And yeah, I agree, man. It's a testament to your you and your team's ability to adapt and shift with the with the changing needs of the market and the health system. So that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And, and hey, if you had to point to a technology or a trend that you think is going to change healthcare as we know it, what would you say it is?
1: Yeah. Maybe two things briefly, but one, one is just the, a really a truly integrated, virtual first, but hybrid care delivery ecosystem, where you truly do have your virtual quarterback of care that is both AI and human, but you have quick and easy access to all your in-person resources, all integrated into one kind of user experience, but one solution that's delivered. And with the brands that people trust like the brands they grow up with near the, the hospital they're born at, that kind of thing. The second is I think price transparency. There's some really interesting work going on and and frankly that we're also doing with price transparency that I think will that could really change the the economics of of healthcare and give people a lot more choice and clarity into what really their options are. We're doing interesting work to before someone ever even walks into in the door, predict their out-of-pocket responsibility beyond just their copay, but we can predict the labs, diagnostics, imaging, the basically the exact bill codes that are likely going to be needed in the visit since we're collecting all this clinical information before someone walks in the door. So once you have that information beforehand, you can actually get insight then into what the cost of care will actually be. The reason why price transparency is so hard to do for outpatient care now, at least at the beginning of a care journey, is because you call the front desk and they don't know what the doctor is going to do. They don't know whether the visit is going to be fifteen or twenty minutes, twenty-five, because that changes things. And then they don't know if they're going to talk about smoking cessation, which will be another bill code. <laughs> There's yeah. like you, you don't know what's actually going to happen before you go in. So by predicting it. We can bridge that but i think these two things like new care delivery models and then price transparency as part of those care delivery models but as its own thing as well are, are two really interesting um trends that i think we'll see a lot of movement on in the next at least with the new care delivery models in the next three years i'd like to say with price transparency too but there's that that's a lot more complicated i think for a bunch of reasons
0: yeah no that's great and, and by the way i, I want to make sure to recognize you and your company a deal we're doing this mini series with the top 20 emerging tech awards from class and a deal was one of those winners and so how does it feel
1: to have won that and what do you think gave you guys the edge to to take the prize it feels great right to or to get such a respected organization like Class, who when I was a consultant, we relied on for industry insights, to recognize us in that way. I think your, your second question is like, how did that happen? Basically, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. how did it feel? Like, what do you think was the main reason? I think the main reason is that we are, like I touched on, I think build really building the right thing for the moment for health systems, and I think Class went and interviewed all of our customers and. We got these, it was great for us to see this third-party analysis of our customer feedback. And you know, we got glowing reviews. We class has a score. We got yeah. 92 and anything over 80 is apparently really, really fantastic. And so you guys we got were, a 92? Yeah. 90. And Man. all the numbers, you got A's <laughs> on every metric of customer success and support. And so I think our customers are the testament to where we are. Like if you reach out and talk to them, they'll actually talk to you about how much they love the technology. And I think working with our team, we put a lot of effort into just delivering the the best for our partners. And I think they all reflected that. So yeah, I think those are some of the things. That's and my team is really the big thing, right? I can't say that enough.
0: Hey, thanks, Adil. Appreciate you sharing that and, and big congratulations to you. If you wanted to leave our listeners with anything that you'd consider a call to action,
1: what would you leave them with? For innovators to keep pushing, and to, but to be really, really critical on product market fit as you grow, because without true product market fit, you can't grow in climates like this. And then for industry leaders, I think it's to really be thoughtful but aggressive about pushing a technology and consumer first agenda within your organizations. There's a lot more nuance there. But I think, yeah, industry leaders just being aggressive on actually trying to drive forward the future and being very clear about bringing operational leaders in into the mix for their input. I think that's one of the things we see when, when it's just a chief digital officer, a chief innovation officer, or someone le- leading the charge. It's just not as powerful versus when you get the, the president of a medical group or a COO or a VP of ops or someone like that also involved in, in the discussion. So yeah, that's hopefully useful.
0: Yeah, it is a big time. And lastly, where can people find you and your company if they want to learn more?
1: Yeah. Our website's www.clearstep.health. Um, and feel free to find me on LinkedIn or even just shoot me an email. My email is deal at clearstep.health. So appreciate us all. Appreciate you having me on and giving me the opportunity. Of course. It was great to have you, Deal. Have a great rest of the day. Great. You too. Bye. <laughs>